From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 276. Today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet and Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hello, Mike Hurley. I am Brad Dowdy. Hello, you? Brad Dowdy. I'm good. How are you? I'm very good, I think. Oh. Um, lots of good stuff to talk about. No, okay. no reason to not to be good. Okay, good I'm just, I, I haven't thought if I was good or not yet, so <laughs> I took a moment. <laughs> I've, I had a look at myself, and now, yes, I'm yeah. good. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, the gig- I think the giggle tells it all. If I'm mm-hmm. giggling, uh, I'm certainly good, so let's go with that. <laughs> so, did you go to your Pelican Hub last week? I did not go to my Pelican Hub last week. I know. I was a failure in all aspects of life. My daughter was so upset. (laughs) She was so mad at me. She kept on me for like hours and hours and hours, and I felt bad. And I really wanted to go. They looked like they had a good time in Atlanta. But I did get to share all of the Pelican Hub joy, especially on Instagram. Um, The hashtag Pelican Hubs 2017 was super super busy and i love seeing i mean there was stuff worldwide worldwide and you know all over the world um you know australia japan um a bunch of european countries all across america really pelican they put a lot of effort into this event when you look at these pictures you see like banners for (laughs) all of these um hubs and then all the ink samples that they sent out and i think it pays off for them. At least I'm assuming it does. It certainly feels like that from a consumer is like, wow, they're getting a lot of run out of this. And it's because they put a lot into it, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, that effort on Pelican's part has shown and it continues to grow every year. And, you know, one of these years I'm actually going to make it to them and, you know, knock is glad to support, you know, a couple of the hubs, you know, we send out some products to, to different different hubs for them to give away or to use, you know, for ink testing, things like that. So we're glad to do it. And uh, I really enjoyed going through those Instagram tags and seeing all the smiling faces and all the Pelican Hub banners from all across the world. So, yeah, I thought that was very cool. So the London Pen Show is this weekend. I am going to be at London Pen Show, or as I was been corrected, the London Writing Equipment Show. Um, That's right, because they don't own the domain. They don't own the domain. We've got that one one on lock. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to be there. Squatters rules. I'm not going to arrange like a time that I'm going to be there because I honestly don't know when it's going to be. So like I don't want to be like, hey, come meet me in a bit. And like don't hang around if you're going to be there. Like I might because it's all like, you know, I I have no idea about my plans, but I know that I'm going to be in town that day. So once I've got everything else taken care of that I'm doing that day, I'm going to be heading over to the pen show for a little bit. Um, so cool. if you're there, hopefully I will see you. Um, if not, then next time I'll try and be a little bit more organized. Um, and then next week on the show, I can talk about my London Pen Show, exp- London Writing Equipment Show uh, experience. <clears throat> it's on Sunday I, between 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, I reckon we're going to be there around lunchish time or something like that, but no, no guarantees after lunch. After lunch. so, did you go last year? Uh, yeah, I did go last year. Do you remember okay. I popped in and was well, not really expecting much, and we had a great time. Like there were a bunch of pen addict listeners there and stuff like that. That's where you got that twist pen, right? That's where I got the that, twist pen. Yeah. Show. Okay. Okay. I couldn't remember if you skipped last year or it was the year before. So very yeah. cool. I also don't have much of a budget for a pen show right now. Well, you're kind of busy with the whole wedding and yeah, everything. Yeah, so we'll see how that pans out. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Flash forward to next week. I bought seven Nakayas. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, because, you know, you have, you do have a little bit of a partner in crime there. Uh, your, your fiance is supportive of this habit of yours. So, you know, I, I have a feeling there could be some, uh, breaking of the budget, uh, this weekend. So we'll see. Yeah. She, she gets involved. <laughs> so I broke my budget this morning, although not really, although it's, it's kind of pricey for a pencil, but I've been on this machine pencil kick. Mm-hmm. I've ordered several recently and this is the second round on Kickstarter for a company called Modern Fuel and a gentleman named Andrew. And he sent me the version one pencil that he released. I'm thinking it was last year. It's been, I think it's been about a year. He sent it to me to check out and I did not like it. Okay. And I told him, you know, me, me, Andrew and I had a really good conversation, right? He's, I was like, here are my thoughts on, you know, what I feel about this pencil. 
And, you know, he agreed. I mean, you know, he was, he was, it was really good to have that conversation. Like, you know, he said, you know, explain why he designed these things and here's the reason. And I said, you know, from my user's perspective, here's my reason. And obviously it doesn't matter really what I say because that project did like $130,000. So, um, but he redesigned it and implemented something that I wanted which I didn't like the first time, which was the weight of the pen. It was a, oh, excuse me, pencil. It was an air light feeling mechanical pencil, which didn't do it any favors last time, I thought. Well, this time he's changed materials. He's changed so many things about the pencil. And I got a prototype in, and I have to say, it's so good, so much better for me than the first version and he's done cool things like where you can just, you know, you can choose the mechanism in the in the campaign, you know, whether depending on what kind of lead size you want, you know, 0.5, 0.7, 0.9. Um, it's in, you know, copper, brass, titanium, stainless steel instead of aluminum, which it was the first time. So yeah, I've backed this project. Um, I, I'm going to go for the stainless steel one. I prefer that for if I have a choice over copper or bronze and the titanium's like twice as much which I don't need a $120 mechanical pencil but I've been enjoying metal mechanical pencils recently it's it's something I've always like something I've always enjoyed I tend if I sit down on my desk I tend to pick up a woodcase pencil but if I'm thinking about what I'm doing and planning for a day ahead, I'll usually grab a mechanical pencil. So I'm going to try to check out a few other different styles of these because they've become a little bit popular um, as well. They've always been a thing, but uh, I, it's something I do enjoy. It's not never going to beat a retro, uh, a rotaring 600, right, Mike? Mm-hmm. I mean, these no. are never going to beat that, but this is a different market, right? So it's... Uh, Andrew's put a lot of work into this and it just, the campaign just started yesterday and he's already done $35,000. So he clearly has the backers for this project and uh, yeah. it looks very good. So it looks great. It looks really, really great. Well, I appreciate someone who like really, like, what I think is funny when you do your first Kickstarter project and you say, I'm making you the pencil that's going to last a lifetime. And then a year later, Here's version two of the pencil that's going to last you to a lifetime. What about the last one? The last one should have lasted me a lifetime, well, right? So why do I need uh, a second one? I, don't, but, I mean, I see what you're saying there, but I don't agree with yeah, that. Like, there I being an other version doesn't mean that the other one explodes. I, I agree. I agree. I just find it funny. I know. But he, like the emails he would exchange with me were like super detailed. And like, I can tell this is someone who like really cares about his product and his feedback. So I'm happy to support him. So... I just wanted to give a shout out to him and uh, this project, which I have now backed as of this morning. So yeah, I was it launched yesterday. I was back row number three hundred and ten or something. So it's going well. The opposite end of the spectrum, I got the Blackwing Volumes Number One Edition. Um, you know, unfortunately, it wasn't about me. Um, I thought it would, with it being number one, it was going to be a version. About me, number one, number one pen user in Japan or something. Mm. What, what are you? Yes, yeah, number one like Japanese yeah. pen owner, Ichiban. Yeah. Ichiban. So yeah, but it's actually uh, about Guy Clark, musician uh, in Nashville. But the the pencil as a whole is just kind of average. Like I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's somewhere kind of right in the middle. Like it's a round barrel. I really, really prefer a hex barrel. I don't hate the round barrels. There's just something about a round barrel pencil that I don't like. I like that little bit of extra grip security with the hex, you know, those flat size sides. Um, this is an unfair statement, but I'm, I'm always prone to say it. I'm round in my mind and a pencil equals cheap, right? But I know that's not the case in this because it's a choice, right? There, This isn't Blackwing's like low-end pencil, right? They made a design choice for this. Other companies might go with a round barrel pencil because it's more expensive to make a hex-based pencil, right? So I don't want to pin that on them, but that's the feeling I get. I also like the color of the coating, but I don't like the feel of the coating. It's more slick. It's a like a gray matte finish, which actually on a pencil makes it more slick than the lacquered 
finishes, the more glossy finishes tend, tend to have more uh, stickiness to them. So your grip feels a little bit more solid. And it's the pearl core, which is the medium core. So it's a little bit softer than normal. So good, not great. Don't love it. Don't hate it. It's just kind of there. Um, you know, it definitely, definitely looks sharp and I like the silver ferrules. Those are some of my favorite. They give you an extra pack of erasers, which are this graphite color, which are nice. I just don't think this is going to be one I, I reach for. It's kind of in the middle of the pack of the whole black wings volumes release right now. So yeah, it's, uh, it's good, but that's kind of it. <laughs> I find volume one, a weird name. Yeah, because it's so. not the first one. I mean, their volume names are weird anyway. They just seem to be like, I mean, obviously not random numbers, but they look like mm-hmm. random numbers, you know? Right. And volume yeah. one, I was like, hang on a second. If they started again, like when you started talking about it, I was like, I don't understand. Where do the volume <laughs> numbers come from? Like, why do they label them in such a way? Do you know? Yeah, not not specifically other than just its number. It was started off to be numbers based, and then that number meant something. Was yeah, how like they told it means something to the idea, right? Like there is right. a thing that, like, so for example, volume seventy three. So this mm-hmm. is the number seventy three references Lake Tahoe's last measured sechi depth of seventy three feet. Right. So I get, it, but it's like it's right. like I don't. It just seems strange, right? Like, right. I understand it when you tell the story, but when you look at them kind of in a list, it's like, what makes this one number one? Yeah. Right. And there's only, there's actually only a couple of them that people refer to by the number. Most of them refer to by who the pencil was about. That makes like more the sense. The Steinbeck mm-hmm. edition. Mm-hmm. Like, 211, the 211 gets called the 211 because it's the most popular and it's just stuck, even though it's the John Muir edition. Yeah. The 24 is the John Steinbeck edition, but I hear more people calling it the 24. Um, but then there's editions like the Jade edition, which I couldn't tell you what that number is. That's my least favorite edition. I've never even used one of those, but I just call it the Jade edition because it was this marbled edition. So, you know, the names kind of get uh, what, whatever sticks, I guess, with the name and numbering. So uh, we'll see. But yeah, I it was weird to see number one come in, you know, two years into the game. But um also number-related, Mike, Plumbago, issue number three. This is now the Pencil Addict podcast. Um, nope. <laughs> nope. No, that's never going to happen. But I did want to mention, because uh, Andy's such a good friend of ours and the whole Erasable podcast crew, Tim and Johnny as well, that um, Plumbago issue number three is coming out, and they're accepting uh, submissions for that. So we'll have a link in the show notes. I got the email the other day. It's a fiction and poetry issue. So if you want to write for Plumbago and get your article published in what was a really exceptional issue last issue I'm sure number three will be even even better so um, we'll have that link in the show notes for you to check out and you can uh, submit your your writing to the to Andy and the gang over there and uh, see about getting published so that'll be very cool yeah go check it out I love those. I love Andy. I love those guys. They're yes. really, they're great guys. I like to get them. They're really help, great. But they're, they're awesome. Oh well, I mean that's that's what we do. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're we're uh, we're definitely like the the anchorman fight when you know with throwing um, tridents and things like that. But it's all in all in good fun. We all love each other. Yep. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Pen Chalet. They have all of your favorite brands and all of the writing tools that you're looking for. Whether you want a fountain pen, whether you want a pen holder, a mechanical pencil, a refill, a fountain pen converter, rollerballs, no matter what it is, Pen Chalet have got it. They do free shipping on orders of over $50 in the US and they sell internationally with great shipping rates. They have low prices on high quality pens of a 100% satisfaction guarantee. They're always running specials. They have discounts twice a month, closeout specials every two weeks as well. And they have very fast and reliable customer service. As always, Pen Chalet has something special for pen addict listeners. If you go to penchalet.com and click the podcast link at the top of the website, enter the password pen addict and you will be able to get a code for 10% off of anything at Pen Chalet. And it's a special one this time. If you spend over $200 on anything at Pen Chalet, you get a free bottle of Robert Oster ink, which is nice. amazing. We love those inks. So if you're looking to make a big, uh, a big purchase, head on over to Pen Chalet. And once you enter the Pen Addict password, you'll see a special coupon code there that will give you uh, the discount link that you need. So you just add the ink to your cart, you enter the special code, you get your 10% off, and you get your bottle of Robert Oster ink for free with any purchase of $200 or more. Thank you so much to Pen Chalet for their support of this show 
and Relay FM. And can I talk about the standalone Robert Oster offer, or is that uh, top secret you need to click over? Um, I'm going to say that's a standalone top offer as well. Okay, that's that's a top so go secret. Go over there. Yeah. There's yeah, there's a nice uh, standalone offer for the Robert Oster ink as well that you should go check out if you're just looking for some ink. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, it. We're going to talk about my top five pens update here in a minute. And, of course, that list contains things like inks and pencils and other things like that. And Robert Oster went from off the list to on the list in this past year. That's how... That's how good they've done. They went from not even listed to my number three ink. So, yeah, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, A few more things we wanted to touch on. Have you gotten your dime novel field notes yet? Ah, nice. (laughs) So what do you think? Yeah, I think they're fantastic. Um, Yeah. It's exactly what I wanted from them. Uh, I'm really happy with them. They feel really interesting to hold because they have a completely different like shape and they have sharp corners, right? Like it's it's interesting to have uh, a field notes that has actual corners on the binding. Like it, it's a yeah. very peculiar feeling, but I really really like it. Um, I the pay the paper feels great. I was using like a broad nib on it today and it was perfectly fine. Um, yeah, I really like this edition a lot. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. It's really good looking. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of it, even though I just dropped it on my keyboard. <laughs> yeah, I really, really like it. It's great. Yeah, so I'm liking it as well. I started using it with pencil, like we were talking about. Actually, um, I got the um, Blackwing number one and the Dime Novel right around the same time, so I've been using them together just to jot some notes. It, the paper has a little bit of tooth, but it handles fountain penning really well, like mm-hmm. you said. The I did find something that I don't like with this edition, and that's the page numbers. Okay. I, I'm not opposed to page numbers. I prefer them on the bottom, on the bottom right. I yeah. think they get in the way on the top right, especially on a blank, and especially because I don't write on the back side of the page. So every time I turn the page, I'm reminded that I just skipped a page. You know, that's that's a me problem, not a. A, a real thing but i was like well that's kind of annoying for me <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't care for the page numbers at the top of the page but i understand that you know if that's the the original dime novel style that's why they chose to do it it's just not something that you know i it doesn't really work for me but it's it's nothing that's going to keep me from using it but it'd be it would be a um you know i'd rather have something different or not at all if from the page numbers yeah, so. I would say that like I was using it today for some stuff and I kept bumping up against the page number. Like yeah. when I was on the right hand side, when's on the right page, I kept bumping up against the page number. Yep, yep. So uh I, I definitely prefer if you're gonna have page numbers to have them on the bottom right corner for a writing notebook uh, as opposed to a reading book. But the question in the chat room is how does the feel compare to a Rhodia dot pad? The the Rhodia is a coated paper, so it's much smoother. This is an uncoated paper, so it has a little bit of tooth to it, but the output is very nice. The finer nib or pen you use, the worse it's going to perform, but it still works. You just feel it more mm-hmm. as opposed to with a smooth Rhodia. Yeah, and that can so, be good or bad for you depending on your own personal yep. tastes. Yep, that's why I've enjoyed using pencil on it. It's very, very receptive to pencil, so it's good. Yep. Um, what do you think about they, they put out a tweet this morning where they slotted it in between their I call it the arts and sciences size and their standard size where it's kind of right in the middle. Do you think this is an, an addition that they will stock as a uh, stock offering in the future? I right now, I would say probably not. Yep, I because agree. it doesn't feel like something of continual use. Like, mm-hmm. this is a really nice notebook, and it's a really cool idea, and it's a really cool theme, but I can't I, I can't think of why I'd be like, oh, this has to join the line, though. Agreed. You know what I mean? Like, it, does, it doesn't have the, that feel to it like Arts and Sciences did, like, and also uh, Byline, right? Like, they were... Yes, 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 yes. Forgot right, about that one. They're super useful in their specific use cases. This doesn't have, like, a, oh, I must have this one because of X... Like right. it's a re- it's like in the same way that I don't think that something like the um what was the agenda one the agenda one the ambition yeah had an agenda in it it's they like had the three styles I think they didn't make that into an edition 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even though it was like it was like right. a specific thing that had a use to it, but it's not mm-hmm. so desired that you would want to have it all the time. That's my feeling on it. Yeah, I guess we'll ask them in a couple of weeks. When we we're can there. ask them in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and if our listeners have any questions, uh, I got a really excellent question in my email um, this weekend for Jim and Brian. So if you have questions that you'd like uh, us to ask Jim and Brian in the coming weeks, definitely email them to me. Hello at penaddict dot com. So um, we would we would like to. Uh, to pepper them with all of your questions and uh, we won't take it easy on them if there's actually, but they're, they're, <laughs> they're so good. There's, there's really nothing to question them on except, you know, I'll probably make fun of them for sweet tooth or something like that. All right. Before we get to the top five pins update, one product announcement from knock the seed a six case, the steel cover one. It's, it's steel and silver dust is its official color is now live on the site, Mike. It is up for sale. I know people have been wanting and waiting for these to come online. We finally got the inventory we needed to put them online. So those are live as of Wednesday morning. You can go take a look at them. Um, The purple edition, which is called Iris in Electric Blue, we affectionately call it purple because that's what it is. Hopefully that's going to be in next week to go online. So if you're waiting for that one, don't worry, it's coming. You know, just hang out another week or so. But the production quantities are coming in fast and furious. That's how it tends to happen. It's like nothing, 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 nothing loaded. So we're good on the steel and silver dust stock of the A6 case. The purple edition's coming after that. And then we'll start getting into the bigger A5 and A5 slim cases. So when do, what do you think the, I'm sorry, but like the rough ETA is on the entire product line being available? Oh God, probably by the end of October. Okay. We have new, we have new Sinclairs and Brass Towns coming around that time too. Trying to get all this, trying to get all this stuff done for the holidays. So it just depends. Cause I feel so like we've f- spoken a lot kind of about the seed cases, but mostly around mm-hmm. them. And I, I really want to yeah. do an episode with me, you and Jeff, where we talk about this cause it's an extension of the company, but I yeah. think it would be good to wait until the product line is, is available. Not necessarily widely available because, you know, they, these things, they do sell out and, and uh, everybody yeah. should go buy them so it sells out immediately just for funsies. Um, I hope they don't sell out because I got a lot of them. No, you I hope- mean, eventually, but not today. <laughs> like, I don't want them to sell out today no. because I want people to be able to get them. But yeah, there no, was, I, there I was it's a balance. problems. Than, than the entire product selling out. Um, if for but, some uh, reason it sells out, there's a lot more coming. Don't worry. Yeah. So I want to dig into this and talk about the product in more detail, but I think it would be good to wait until the three sizes are all available for people to buy, yep. and then we can talk about that. But if you have been waiting for the A6, and I do love that A6, then go and check it out. I mean, I'm waiting for the um, Traveler's size. Yeah, I think that's going to be... That's going to be mine. That's the one I've been carrying for, what, a, a year now, mm-hmm. maybe? Something like that. And it's for been me, a long time coming. It's because coming. I don't have anything else in that format. I don't have notebooks in that format. So that makes the most sense to me to add this and make it its own thing and to get mm-hmm. notebooks for it and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, yep. yeah, and actually use it as a traveling thing. Like So th- that's, yep. what I'm, that's what I'm excited about. But you can go get it now if you want it. It's right there, the A6. They are fantastic. Um, so, yeah, go check it out and go buy them and uh, make Brad happy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, yes, thank you for allowing me to uh, launch that here. And uh, we'll keep everyone updated. Twitter's the best way to follow all the knock news. I don't want to, I don't like to inundate people's email inboxes because we get enough email all the time. So, um, Was yeah. It so not, that. What are you on Twitter? Is it knockco? Yeah. N- yeah. N O C K C O. Great. Yep. All right. So let's get in this top five pins update, Mike. It's yeah. been a year since the last update, which actually seems about right because, I, you know, I, I've never counted the total amount of lists I have on there. It's got to be at least 10 or 12 or so. And a lot of them didn't change. So over the span of a year, there were groupings of top fives that either had no new products or had new products that were not any good or that didn't, you know, crack the list. But there were a handful of products where there was either a important minor type change or kind of a bigger change throughout the entire top five. So let's, uh, before I get into it, do you have anything you want to say? But I want to get into some of the changes first. Uh, I think one of the things for me is 
realizing every single time I go to this page that there's more top five lists than I think there's going to be. <laughs> I only added one this year. No, but it's like, um, I'm thinking in my mind, this is Brad's top five pens. Yeah. But it's actually top five in all of these different categories, which is a better way to do it. But it's I always just, it always surprises me. I always forget that there's all this stuff. But um, <laughs> I don't disagree with anything that I see. I mean, there's, yeah. there's stuff so, that I can't attest to, like the 200 to $500 fountain pen list mm-hmm. is one that I struggle with because I've only really used in depth like one of these pens and there are a couple of them that I just mm-hmm. flat out don't like. But I think that's what happens when you get into that bracket. Like everything else... Yeah is mostly standard and like i'm like yeah okay i agree with basically everything you know i might move one around here or two around here or i don't have opinions on this entire category like the um machined pens i mostly don't have a lot of feelings about those pens because there's a bunch of them that are just not my type of pen in that list um but it's the it is the expensive fountain pen line especially when you get Mm -hmm. 200 plus where i think it becomes a lot more personal taste than the totally. other than the other lines. Totally. So the list, the top five page as it's set up is a recommendations page. So it's not necessarily what Brad would use, although it's mostly what Brad uses. Um, even though like the the best example of recommendation versus my usage is always going to be in the micro gel pen category where I love the pilot high tech C. Mm-hmm. I rarely recommend that pen to someone looking for a micro gel pen right so that's kind of like the perfect summation of recommendations versus personal taste and then like you say when you get into the more expensive products it really starts leaning more towards personal stuff and there's just some really good kind of baseline options on the more expensive pens we'll we'll talk about in a second but let me start at the top with the micro gel ink pens it really didn't change other than the Uniball Signo 307 is now part of that list. It's such a good pen. And they finally got it in the micro tip size. I think they call it ultra micro because in the store they call 0.5 micro, which drives me insane. The 0.38, I believe, is called ultra micro, which, okay, whatever. I'm just glad that they're available now. And even though it is available in the store and that's a completely separate list than just micro gel ink pens, it's good enough pens to warrant inclusion in both lists. So the top five micro gel ink pens, Uniball Signo DX is pro- I don't see that thing getting beaten anytime soon. It hasn't for years. Um, the four pens behind them and even the just missed are all really good pens. And, you know, I just kind of move them around sometimes as I find myself using them more like I've used the zebra sarasa clip more than the uniball sino rt1 which the rt1 is a great pen and you know it's it's very useful in its own right I just kind of fell back in love with the sarasa clip so I tend to recommend it more and the pilot juice I tend to only use their refills so it's a really, really good refill, but I use it for pens that take a G2 refill, not the juice on its own because the barrel's not good. And then the Pilot High Tech C, which is my favorite, is number five on the list. And I probably use that more than all of those other ones uh, combined. So, you know, it's actually not a lot of change other than the 307 getting added into there and maybe a little bit of shuffling of the deck in those. Another one that had a decent amount of changes were the top five pens from $100 to $200. I added the Sailor Pro Gear Slim and the Platinum 3776 and moved the Pilot Vanishing Point up all ahead of the Lamy 2000. I haven't been using the Lamy 2000. I still recommend it a lot. It's really good, but there's so many interesting options in that range depending on what you want to do. And what you're looking for in a pen, you know, any of the top four, I think, are valid first purchase in that price range. I think the Pilot Custom 92 is a great pen. I would pick one of the either number one, two, three, or four, probably ahead of the 92. But any of the first four, I think, on their own 
could be your first foray into that category. They all offer something very different. Like the Sailor has much more variety in barrel styles and colors than the Platinum 3776. But the 3776 has a nib that might be better than the Sailor. It's different. And then the Pilot Vanishing Point on its own is just such a unique pen with its retractable mechanism. It's super useful. So where does that put the Lamy 2000? I, I had a hard time putting keeping the Lamy 2000 ahead of those other three just because of the usability and differences and the choice that those other pens offer you where the Lamy 2000 is it. The choice is a big point, especially when you're looking at the Pro Gear and the Vanishing Point. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that they are really good choices because you can get a ton of different colors. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's a big deal, especially when you're getting into that range. Like, a lot of people that are getting into the $100 to $200 range, like, it's really nice to have something that visually speaks to you. Um, when you're getting into that. And the, the problem with the Lamy 2000 is you've, you've basically got one real choice, you know, because aren't mm-hmm. the silver ones more expensive? Yeah, they're a stainless steel yeah. model. They're upper 200s, maybe yeah, so you, 300s. you can get the black one, which I will say is one of the most beautiful pens ever made, in my opinion. Absolutely. Like, it's it's the Hall of Fame level pen, you know, for its design and performance and longevity. Yeah, but... It's tricky. It's a very personal thing, right, that mm-hmm. we do this. So, you know, you may want a pink pen yep. and want to spend $150. Well, you're going to have to go to Sailor, maybe Platinum, maybe Pilot for that. And I feel that elevates those brands to a higher placing on my recommendations because of the choice, regardless of how good the Lamy 2000 is. It's really mm-hmm. good. But I think I, I tend to lean to these to these other ones. Um, I alluded to it when we were talking about inks for Pen Chalet that Robert Oster, I I, I switch between Oster and Oster, um, you know, so I I don't know which one's (laughs) right. Just like I do Sino and Signo on on a whim. I Robert Oster earlier because it's like it's so many different, uh, the Robo Oster, that's what we're going for. Yeah, because there's so many ways to say his surname. That I yeah. then put that into the the the, the first name too. So, <laughs> Robert Oster. Yeah, Robert Oster. Um, so <laughs> I feel like its its place is warranted in this list. I've said it before. I don't know if I said it on the podcast or in the newsletter or whatever. I wonder, are we in some like three hundred and sixty five day experiment from Robert Oster where he releases? you know, ink a day for 365 days in a year. He has so many ink releases, but what I found with all of his ink releases is they're such high quality and great colors. It's hard to not buy several of them at a time. I absolutely love those inks. They jumped in. I don't understand him. I don't get it. I don't know where he came from. Um, I don't know why (laughs) there's so much and I don't know why they're so good. And yeah, yeah, it's very peculiar to me. Um, mm-hmm. how someone can come out of nowhere and produce such an incredible pace right? It, at, right. at such a high quality level. It's very, very confusing to me, but I'm excited mm-hmm. about it because, I mean, I think I own two Robert Oster inks now. I have another one on the way, um, mm-hmm. and I love them. They're fantastic. Yep, they are. They are. So... They slot in at number three on the list from being off the list um, last that's year. A, that's so that's a pretty a good jump. entry. Yeah, from from yeah. zero to third place when you're sitting behind yeah. like absolute just mega brands like Pilot and Sailor. Like yeah, to jump yep. in in front of Ackerman as well. That's yep. that's huge. And I assume knocked Jay Oban off the list. Did they? Did he? Uh, no, it was because I never had Jerbon up okay. there. So I pulled I pulled up my old list here. So let me find that real quick. I apologize because Mont Blanc's uh, in at number five. Mont Blanc stays. I think that's just a good quality ink. Mm-hmm. So they knocked off Pelican Edelstein. That's which wow. okay. Yeah. So Edelstein is great inks, great color. Not much change, not much variety. They add the one ink a year, and I say that knowing that Aroshizuku doesn't add anything but they're still they undeniable. had so much more variety it's undeniable. than edelstein yeah. yeah 
they have so much more variety. But I still have Sailor. I have Sailor at number one. Orochizuku was one previously. Sailor is far and away my favorite ink, and it's an ink I recommend the what most for the colors. Books? Well, so we're gonna have a conversation at the end about a lot of things like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the what so about I have, conversation? I have I have comments or, or I have un finalize thoughts on sub brands and custom pin makers and things like that. I need to try to figure out what to do because there's definitely some changes around there, but sailor in general, because of the colors and the price and the performance, I I have them at number one, Orochizuku. I mean, if you say that's the best, you're not going to get an argument out of me. And then Oster, then Ackerman number four, because I, I don't know why I just been using, Oster more and it's a much better price and a lot easier to recommend and you can get the similar colors as you can in Ackerman and you're not getting any uh you know you're still getting good quality ink so I think it's more of a price thing between Oster and Ackerman and Mont Blanc is just a really nice high quality ink that's very underrated which I mentioned in in last week's show about uh, some underrated stationery and things like that mm-hmm. so um ink's kind of hard to you know give it's it, it again there's so much variance even within brands that uh it, it's hard to give the perfect recommendation but i usually start with sailor and Orochizuku and then we'll go from there if we're trying to trying to nail it down even further so the next list that changed considerably was paper rodia stayed at number one i think because they just have everything and it's all good Right, no matter what style, format, shape, size, color cover, um, the only thing they're not great at is for pencils. So, Rhodia, its availability, its price, its format, style, everything like that is just, I mean, it's hard to beat what they've done as a brand in this space. So, to me, like, they're number one. And, you know, it's it's kind of hard to argue with. They're just everywhere and so good. It kind of kind of sets itself apart from from everyone else in that in that manner. Then I think the entire rest of the list changed. Although Mormon stayed on the list, Mormon's a great brand. Apica is number two. That's another paper brand I love. Leuchtturm was not on the list. They were in the just miss list. Uh, Leuchtturm could be number one one of these years. You know, I think they're getting in that Rhodia type of level. Their paper is fantastic. Um, their formats are great. The options they have are huge. They're available everywhere. So yeah, I think uh, that's a list that's kind of always going to be changing. There's lots of paper manufacturers that come in into the market and there's always something new and neat. So I try to balance it between styles, formats, and availability and price. And um, yeah, so that's that's kind of how that list shakes out. And then the last big change list was the wooden pencils list which I'm going to have some news coming out on that soon uh, related to this list. So we'll just run it down real quick. The Blackwing 602, still my favorite, Tombow Mono 100, Crondash Swiss Stinkwood, that's the, the smelly pen pencil, mm. uh, the Camel pencil, and then the Mitsubishi Office 9850. So hopefully in a week or two, I'll have some news to share with you about this list of wooden pencils. Um, you can probably uh, take a take a... Take a wild stab at what's going on with that, but uh, we'll we'll save the news until then. Hmm. So, lists that didn't change were the top five pins in the store, the top five fountain pins under fifty dollars, and the top five fountain pins between two hundred and five hundred dollars. I want to tackle the store one first. I actually went and visited a Office Depot to see what else I could find in the store, and I came away with nothing. <laughs> because there's nothing that I wanted that would move the needle in any significant way um, in, in, the, in the store. You know, I did see the Sino DX, which I think will, if they keep that in the store, I'd be interested to see if it, it'll crack the list if they continue to promote that brand. Mm-hmm. So... You know, that could definitely be an improvement to the top pins in the store list. But 
it's really kind of boring otherwise. Zebra, if Zebra could <laughs> bring their Zebra Japan pins in this, instead of their Zebra USA pins here, which I hate to say, the Japanese pins are different and they're better. So, you know, I, I would appreciate if they could bring some of those cool ones over there to the store, like Unibrawl brought the DX over. So maybe we'll start to see more companies do that. But uh, yeah, it's kind of boring. The top five pins under $50, Mike, is something we talk about all the time, right? The entry-level fountain pen um, issue, or not issue, the conversation. Metropolitan first, Eco second, Safari third, then everything else. I, I kind of feel is the general way to go by. So, you know, I could argue... You know, the Kaveco Sport and the Platinum Preppy, the Preppy especially because of the price. But I have a feeling if you want to experience a fountain pen for the first time, you want something like the Metropolitan or the Eco, right? I mean, I don't see anything that I would change here. Do you have any ideas on this? I mean, there's really nothing, right? No, there's nothing to change. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's... uh. It's good. I mean, I'm okay with that list not changing. I don't love the store pen list not changing. I would like to see some change in that one. Um, that that would be nice. The top five fountain pens from 200 to 500. That's a weird category, and we're going to explore this a little bit more um, in a minute. But I'm really locked in on the Pilot 823 the full-size Sailor Pro gear, the Pilot 912, the Aurora Optima, and the Pelican 600. I mean, there's a lot of choice in here. These seem to be kind of the most straightforward streamline of the bunch. You know, I really like everything that they do, everything that they offer. There's a wide range of prices. That's a big range of prices in there. But um, I think those are all solid, solid choices. You know, if I had to make a number one overall fountain pen, choice from any price range it might be the pilot 823 i just love that pen one of my favorites Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. sailor pro gear would probably be second okay (laughs) one new list i added which was from reader feedback and i would love to hear anyone else's feedback what other list do you want um people are very much asking me for specific ink color list like blue black and orange which i've done before so i might do those again but Mm -hmm. i got a really great email that essentially said all these lists are great but what pins do you use the most what pins do you find the most useful and i thought that was a good way to look at it like on a daily basis weekly basis what pins do you use the most and how would that differ from one of your recommendations list so i thought about it for a while and just kind of tracked what i use regularly and it boiled down to this. So the Fisher Space Pen, number one, and essentially the refill I use, even though the standard Fisher Space Pen Bullet is a really great pen on its own, I use that refill in the Shown Design Pen. Um, the Uniball Signo DX, which I love for gelling pens, I use that more. Uh, I would find that pen more useful for that micro gel category than like the Pilot High Tech C. The Securo Pigma Micron, because I always have to have a drawing pencil, and I find that one to be very durable and able to just kind of, you know, take a beating and go anywhere, do pretty much anything till I wear the tip out. The Uniball Jetstream at four, the 0.7 millimeters specifically, because when you're not using the Fisher Space Pen doesn't always come in handy for just writing, like if you're writing notes or journaling or something like that, the Jetstream does. Uh, it's a better ballpoint than the space pen. So it, and it's often it found in a retractable barrel, which people like for just pickup and usefulness. And then number five is the Sharpie permanent marker, which is one of those pens. You don't know how much you need it till you don't have one. So I always try to keep a Sharpie marker handy or within reach and just there's nothing beats like a fresh sharpie marker you know you wear them out pretty quickly Mm -hmm. because you use tend to use them for extreme writing situations but when you open those sharpie markers fresh man there's there's nothing nothing can beat those so i find that list of five pins notice there's no fountain pen in there like that's the group of pens that i could just like pick up and go and be happy and not miss out on anything um, you can mix and match some colors in there with the Signo and the Micron if you wanted some colors in there, even the Sharpie permanent marker. But um, 
yeah, I, I thought that was a yeah. really, really interesting list. I would maybe rename that list to like practical rather than useful. Yeah. But because like, when I hear you talk about it, like that, that feels more right to me than, than useful. Um, yeah. But that is a good addition, right? Like these are just a bunch of pens. You should probably own one of each because you would right. get a use out of all of them, which is different. Yeah. Okay. I do like that practical name. I might change that. So, yeah. So help. that was that was fun reader feedback that uh, I was able to implement in, in a good way. I think so. Any other lists that you know people would like to see? Definitely uh, reach out, and get in touch, and. Before we wrap this up, I wanted to talk about things I don't know what to do with, <laughs> such as in the pen realm, I use a ton of pens that I would like to recommend that aren't in these categories, such as brands like Franklin Christoph, Edison, Edison, custom pens from Newton and Jonathan Brooks. Like where I like I had a Franklin Christoph pen in the hundred to two hundred dollar range, but I don't know if that's right to have in there, right to do. Should individual pin makers be in their own category because they don't have the huge brand exposure? Like all the brands I talked about are things you can get from a lot of different places. Things like Franklin Christoph and Edison have a much, much smaller scope. So should, but they're well worth being recommended, right? I recommend them all the time. I just don't know what to do do with them it's that's a dilemma i'm in so i'm not sure how i want to handle that and then that goes along with what you said about bung box ink you know there's a whole list of ink sub brands bung box and kobe are at the top of the list but i can i count those as sailor so you know there's lots of smaller brands of inks that aren't widely available that are fantastic so those are the questions that i have for myself how to handle those should I have different, you know, makers type lists for that? Should I have sub brand type lists for inks? You know, there's all kinds of things I could do. I just don't want to dilute the page too much with too many offshoots. So I'm, I'm open to suggestions for how to handle those. My feeling on that is that it's probably a difficult thing to rank these pens against each other. Because again, yeah. it's like, what are you choosing? Really, what are you actually choosing? And I think what right. you're choosing is a specific design that speaks to you and doesn't really mm -hmm. necessarily matter in some instances who's made it, right? Yeah. So like, you might choose a Brooks pen because it's got the swirls that you want, but you might choose a Canalea because right. it's got the colors that you like, and you might choose a Franklin Christoph because it's a limited edition. But, mm -hmm. you know, the, uh, when a lot of these pens are using the same nibs in some instances, it's like, how do you rank them? Because you would be ranking a personal list. You're not necessarily right. ranking a specific list unless you set about a bunch of parameters, like mm -hmm. do it scientifically. But I think that's the wrong way to judge these pens because they should be bought emotionally. So I think it's too difficult to try and rank this, like this, this like acrylic right. nature of these pens. And I think that's why I took them off originally when I first redid the list to just be kind of more of a pure recommendations list than more of a Brad list. So that's where a lot of those um, moved off. You know, maybe I should implement, you know, a Brad specific list where a lot of these things would fall. I mean, so I don't know. It, it depends on what I want to do with the page. I, that's why I took that stuff down to begin with because it was confusing uh, yeah. people. I don't well, think do it you should recommend be there. that. I was like, I don't. So yeah. yeah, I don't think it should be there because I think that they're too that's too tricky to try and recommend in that way. Because I mean, right. I feel like you could do one or the other, right? You can either do right. like your personal favorites, as in like the favorites that are the most personal to you, or you mm -hmm. can try and be a here are the pens that I recommend for everybody. Like they are two right. extremely different things. And yep. like I feel like we cover the favorites lists on the show because that makes more right. sense. And but for the for the site, I think having what you have, which is like here is a buying guide, is a way right. better approach to it. Right, right, and that's kind of that's kind of how I, I took it. So, you know, so we'll see. Always open to change and making it better. But that was my thought process behind having some of those, some of those, some brands on there and some not. So we'll see. It's all always evolving. So. Whew. That was a lot. I need a drink. So you need to talk about Harry's. Our good friends at Harry's real quick. 
All right, this episode is brought to you by Harry's. You know Harry's, come on. They're all about giving you a great shave at a fair price. That's what they believe in, and it's why over 3 million people have switched to Harry's, because they want a great shave and they want a great price for it. So that's what they had set out to do. Harry's founders, Jeff and Andy, decided that they wanted to buy a factory, which is the only way to make sure that you're going to get fantastic blades. They were fed up of overpriced races. They didn't want people to be paying over the over the odds anymore for what they're going to be scratching across their face. They are unhappy with that. So they went ahead and bought a, one, a factory in Germany that has over 100 years of experience to create their five-blade razor that they deliver to you directly, and you just buy from them over the internet. It's very simple. And all of Harry's products are backed by a 100% guarantee they're so confident you're going to love their blades they want to give you their free trial set so you can just go ahead and get a trial set from harry's for free all you need to do is pay the shipping cost the free trial set includes a weighted ergonomic handle five precision engineered blades of a lubricating strip and trimmer blade their rich lathering shave gel and a travel blade cover now if you weren't a pen addict listener and you just went over to harry's.com and you thought oh i'd like to look at this trial set that would cost 13 dollars in value for you you don't want to do that you want to get it for free by going to harry's.com slash pen addict right now and you can get started with their free trial straight away and then you can have a lovely face taking care of harry's products like brad has yeah so my top five harry's products are number one the blades because that's what it's all about that's Mm -hmm. what keeps you know my my face and neck smooth and presentable and lovely um number two is my orange handle so that's my number two harry's product and this is the original orange handle, not the um, new. What do they call the the rubberized handle? Yep. Has so a the grip now. I get. Yep. So the the grip. I I like the the OG orange Harry's handle. Number three is the shave cream. So I prefer the lotion over the foaming uh, mm-hmm. shave gel. So the foaming shave gel is just much more messy. The cream is smooth and subtle on my neck uh number four is the post shave balm that stuff makes you feel and smell wonderful and number five is my harry's um razor stand so i keep that propped up on the counter and keeps my orange uh razor handle with my fresh blade in it uh right there at the ready for when it's shave time so that is my top five harry's list I wasn't expecting that. Thank you very much. Go to harrys.com slash panaddict right now and you can get started with that free trial set. Thank you so much to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting that either. I just did that on the fly. Yeah. So uh, You're a professional. Yeah. You're welcome, Harry's. Not that they ever will listen to that. Of course they will. Right. They love us. I know. I'm just playing. They do love us. Harry's is an awesome sponsor. Thank you all so much. And, uh, you know. Well, maybe one day I'll have enough razor handles. We'll just do a top five razor handles showdown. I'm up but, for that. Uh, yeah. All right. So the STPA this week was from Brad's inbox. So I think since we've run long already on this show, I'm going to hit a couple of the shorter ones and then we'll save some more from next week. How does that sound? Sounds fine, yeah, because we've got some, we've got some big, big, big questions. We've got some lengthy ones, yeah. This is this was all email stuff, so Mm -hmm. a lot of them are big. But I'm gonna hit this first one from Eric. He says, "I'm thinking about getting my first shimmer shimmer ink, like Emerald of Shavor. Is there anything extra I need to think about as far as storage, cleaning more often, etc.? I tend to be more like Mike and leave the same ink in a pen for a long time and don't want to ruin anything by leaving one of these inks in a pen. Hashtag be like Mike." Yeah, I'm super glad that's a thing. Like, you know, I'm terrible with my pen, so I'm like Mike. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That seems so fair. Also, mm-hmm. also, I have introductory pens like the Lamy Safari Metropolitan and have some Jinhao models on order. Are these intro pens okay for the intro level pen? Do I have to worry about clogging or anything? So number one on the pens, yeah, perfect. Lamy Safari Metropolitan, some Jinhaos to play with. Figure out what you want. Absolutely perfect for entry level pens. Shimmer inks, you absolutely need to think about what you're doing with it. If you load a shimmer ink, let's just take Emerald of Shavor, because that's what you brought up, you need to make sure you use it regularly. The longer it sits, the harder it's going to be to clean. 
the longer it sits, the worse it's going to write because those sparkles will clog. So if you ink a pen with a sparkle ink or shimmer ink, and this goes for any of them, you have to use it regularly. And by regularly, I mean more than once a day, I would imagine, because as soon as that sits, it's going to start to clog. And if it starts sitting for days, those particles will just be tough to clean out. I don't believe anything is going to ruin your pens or anything like that, but they're going to make your life difficult when it comes to cleaning and maintaining your pens. So you have to be more considered. You have to think about what you're doing. You have to think about how you're going to use it. Um, you know, in, unless you're going to use it regularly, I would hesitate to ink it up or even purchase it. But if you're going to commit to it and use it on a regular basis and, and then I, I say, go for it, just be aware of those few extra things. And I would say that you're probably using the right pens, like put, putting yep. these inks into uh, less expensive pens. If you just want to kind of try it out and play around, it's the right thing to do. Um, yep. Because if it does start to get clogged up, you can replace the pen for, for not so much money as if you put it in like a Lamy 2000, which you shouldn't do. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't do that. And uh, like the the chat room's reminding us, you know, when you set that pen down and you don't use it for several hours or a day, you want to kind of roll that ink around and get the particles respread yeah. around. Give it, give it, so give it a look gentle nice. shake. Give it a gentle yeah. shake to get make sure you get the shimmer coming through. Yep, because you're you're buying it for a reason, right? You want that shimmer to come through, and it will come through, but you have to make sure it's mixed appropriately. So yeah, the same as good. when you're filling it, make sure you shake the ink bottle before you fill it. Because otherwise, yep, all the shimmer just lays on the bottom of the bottle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Nicholas says he really likes sending postcards, but tend to only buy them when I travel. Any suggestions on where to shop for postcards online, specifically with themes that are not geographically focused? So there's lots of places you can get cool postcards, but the coolest I've found, and we've talked about them on the show probably a year or two ago, is from Friends of Type. The they sell a 100 postcard box of keep it's called keep fresh stay rad and it has all of these great categories of postcards. Um, a couple of them are NSFW from their wording, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that's only like five or ten of them. But they have just like crazy artwork, neat sayings, some really friendly stuff, some fun stuff, some lovey stuff, some crude stuff. So there's a little bit. There's a section for everyone in this kit of a hundred and it runs like 20 bucks and yeah, yeah, there's other places you can get it though. So shop around, you can, you can pick those up. Just look for them. Um, postcards are the easiest way to get, get writing and they're just a kind of a cool thing to, to have around. And those are really, really nice. I, I've received several of those postcards from that set. So it's very cool. All right, last one. Uh, Zach wants to know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Uniball Air Pen, specifically their marketing claim that it writes like a fountain pen without leaking. So... (laughs) I have never heard of this pen before. So we have discussed this pen... And have we? It's a yeah, because I've reviewed it. We've talked about it. This was probably over a year ago. It's been around for about a year, maybe a little bit longer. Mm. It's kind of like a marker pen. So, the very first thought I had with their shot across the bow on fountain pens is that Uniball does not manufacture a fountain pen. So, they feel they can take this shot. So, the marketing says, this pen writes like a fountain pen without leaking. So, that's crap. (laughs) Um, That doesn't mean anything like it's so inaccurate it writes like a marker that spreads all across the page i mean is what the marketing should say like it's not a good pen unless you need a marker that's what it is so to for the brand to use marketing like that is just really weird because it's inaccurate and just not it doesn't really tell the tale of what this pen can do it doesn't really relate anything to fountain pens it's just strange so this is uh what the kids today brad would call thirsty thirsty I have, yeah. that's a new one on me does thirsty yeah i i don't it's because they're, they're like one. they're trying to they're trying to they're trying to entice you right they're trying to be something that they're not they're trying to like mm. use some phrase to be like oh yeah. hey look how cool we are they're being thirsty gotcha. it's thirsty with this gotcha. one brad 
Okay, I'm I will add that to the lexicon. Um, my my kids haven't started on that one, but uh, I, I have heard plenty of other other new words that uh, I, I had to learn as well. So. Yeah. So this yeah, this obviously, as is, you can imagine, has lots of connotations in other ways when you start searching for it. But it's like uh, trying to get something, right? It's, if you've got yeah. thirst, you're trying to get something, and uh, this yep. is what they're trying to you. do here. They're trying to break yeah. into the fountain pen world, and I will not yeah. accept that. They would. They did a very very poor job at it, Mike. Mm-hmm. They did a poor job. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hopefully, we didn't do a poor job on this show today. In fact, I think we did a great job, Mike. So thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Do want, is that what we do now? That that worked uh, exactly how I intended it. I thought that would stop you in in your tracks cold, and it did. Well, no, it was a pleasure to have you. Uh, I look forward oh, to you. my guest next week. Um, so yeah, that that will be a thing. This is just a rotating <laughs> panel now. Uh, I'm the pen addict, and Brad was my guest. That's how this works now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. thanks. No, y'all, y'all are stuck with me, unfortunately. Thanks for uh, being on the show today. If you want to find Brad's work online, you can go to knock.co and you can go to at Dowdyism on Twitter and he's penaddict on Instagram and penaddict.com as well. I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. You can uh, support this show by supporting our sponsors. Uh, thanks to Penn Chalet and Harry's for being with us this week. And most of all, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>